Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. This week, we're talking Run Disney. So we're super excited to, to do that. Sam is a bit of a runner. I'm a big runner. And Run Disney combines our love for running with our love for Disney. So what it couldn't be any better. Tonight on our show, we have a wonderful guest, Tara. Welcome, Tara. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. You are a Run Disney fanatic, and so we are super excited to talk to you about all things Run Disney. Before we dive into it, what, why don't you give everyone your Disney background? I would say I started with my Disney fanaticism when I was about two years old with my first trip. My first uh, kind of word was ball when I went to Epcot. So I've oh, had nice. A, yes, I've had a longstanding love of Disney World. Um, I've been to Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland Paris. And the, I'm hoping to maybe add the other Asian parks when maybe we get back to international travel. But so I went through to Disney World as a kid. I went to Disney World in college once or twice with some sorority sisters. And then it was about when my husband and I had our first child that we decided we were looking at investment opportunities and we bought our first vacation rental in Disney World. So now we go frequently and Disney is part of where we like to escape to, but it's also part of how, you know, we pay for everyday life. So Tara, are you an annual pass holder then at any of the parks? We have been for a very long time, annual pass holders at Disney World. So let's talk run Disney then. That's why we're here. Actually, before we dive into the Disney aspect of it, have you been, have you always been a runner or, or how did you get into running? No, I actually, my history with running is so intertwined with Run Disney. It was about two and a half, maybe three years ago, I was really struggling with my sort of more fitness journey. I was doing cardio, lifting weights, and I just was not very uh, happy with how I was measuring results, I guess. And so I decided that I was going to sign up to run a race. And so that I could start to measure my results in how far I ran or my time or more positive ways to think about how I'm achieving things on fitness levels. So that's that's awesome. How did you decide what your first race was going to be? Oh, it was clear to me. I'd never done a Disney race. And I told my husband, I was like, I need to sign up for the princess weekend at Disney World. I had heard how great it was, how fun, that there are characters on the course. And I was like, that's what I need to do. I need to set myself this goal and I need to do it. But of course, at the time, I had never even run a mile. So I was like, I'm not doing a half. That's just crazy. That's never going to happen. So I signed up for the 5K and the 10K, uh, having never oh, run. Awesome. Ever. Wow. But 5K just seemed too easy uh, a little bit because I knew you could walk it. I knew I could do that without training. And I was like, no, the goal is to train. The goal is to put in work and effort and to achieve something at the end. And I just didn't feel like a 5k could really do that for me. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for my first 10k, the princess 10k, and the rest kind of followed after that became a full on addict. (laughs) (laughs) how did you go about training for the for the 5k and the 10k events at first when i first signed up and i mean i registered before i ever trained i was registered the date was on the calendar before i put a foot on a treadmill and so i decided i was going to do the jeff galloway method but their training program didn't start yet it was too early in the cycle, I guess, for his training program to start. So I picked a random app on my iPhone and started running. I think it was just the couch to 5k. And it was a little too much intensive running for me. Mm-hmm. My fitness level was not there. Or my, my kind of O2, I guess, levels were not quite ready for that program because it's really training you to run a 5k straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not exactly my goal. So I started using the Jeff Galloway method more frequently and uh, just used that straight through, through that first big race weekend. So it sounds like the princess was your first Disney race. Which, which Disney races have you run now? 
So let's see, I ran Princess. Then I did the Star Wars right after that. I mean, I was so addicted, I had to go immediately <laughs> to the next one. Uh, after that, I decided that I was ready to try a marathon. So then we did Marathon Weekend. And then and then I don't think I ran another one until Wine and Dine last year. And then, though, we did Dopey this year. So oh, wow. we have done every race weekend at Disney World now. I've run the varying combination of races, though. And you mentioned Paris earlier. Did you go over there? Did you did Not you run any of the races? On Paris? the bucket list, it's there. I really want to run it, and I want that Castle to Chateau medal, which is the special one. You have to run a half marathon at Disney World and a half marathon at Disneyland Paris, and then you get the special medal for having done both continents, I guess. So do you have a favorite race out of the the race weekends that you've done? Yes. I would say my favorite race weekend is marathon weekend in January. Uh, the vibe at that weekend is one, it is a little bit more gender neutral of a weekend. It's not so heavy for the women like princess weekend. And it's not so heavy for the males as star Wars. Wine mm. is also very gender neutral, but I will say I like just the vibe of the marathon weekend. It's a lot, it's a more serious running environment. Everyone mm. is there. Most everybody is either running the half or the full or some combination of the two. So I think it's just a little bit more of a running community weekend. Wine and dine while genderless and appealing to everybody. It's a little bit. So you ran, you ran a dopey, which I am in awe of. I ran the goofy for my first run Disney event, but I, the dopey is daunting. How do you train for a dopey? What was that like? The dopey was the hardest thing I've ever accomplished in my life. And I will say that goes at, you know, even before childbirth in some ways, how many miles you have to train and you have to do is just hard. It, it was very difficult. And for our listeners who don't know, a dopey yeah. is for Marathon Weekend. Marathon Weekend is the only weekend where you can do a dopey because it is the 5K on, what is that, Thursday. It is the 10K on Friday, the half marathon on Saturday, and the full marathon on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, Disney is sort of infamous for a couple of things with their races. One is these challenges where you sign up to run for the weekend and you run every race offered over the weekend or some combination of the races offered over the weekend. And in exchange, you get extra race shirts, extra medals. And so the, the dopey is the and one that Sam rights. just described. Right. Yeah, and brag, tons of bragging rights. The dopey is the one that Sam just explained. The goofy on marathon weekend is running the half and the full marathon on back-to-back days. But they've got other race weekend challenges. I'm signed up for the Wine and Dine race weekend this year. And they have, I think it's called the Full Course Challenge, which is running the 10K and the half marathon together in exchange for right. uh, an extra medal. So, right. And they do and the, the same on these- Princess Weekend and Star Wars Weekend. I think it's the 10K race and the half. They do 5Ks on those weekends also, but the, it, but you get a special medal for doing the challenge, which is, I think, the 10K and the half for each of those races. So do you like the challenge races or do you have a favorite distance? I mean, I guess maybe it would be, would you run the dopey again or or do something similar? (laughs) I love how quick you were to answer on that. I am definitively off of full marathons. Um, Mm. I have done two at Disney World. I've also done the St. Jude Marathon here in Memphis and they're just too brutal. It's on my body, on my time. And to the point where, I mean, I'm proud of what I have accomplished, but it's not fun. So Tara, how how many years have you been running Run Disney events now? I guess it would be about three years. And and how many have you done at this point? Let's see. I've done two Princess Weekends, two Marathon Weekends, a Star Wars, and a Wine and Dine. You, you talked a little bit earlier about Marathon Weekend being your favorite for the atmosphere. What are the other kinds of differences that you see between the, the weekends? Sure. That's a good, really good question because every weekend I, I have found is just very different. Uh, I'll start first with Princess because that was my first experience with Run Disney. Princess is... I mean, obviously from the name, it's a very female heavy weekend. It's got a lot of moms and daughters and sisters and friends. It's a very 
female power driven weekend is the best way to put it. It's got a lot of walk, more walkers than normal than the other weekends, even on like the 10 K. So it's more crowded race course. It's a harder course to actually run because mm-hmm. it is more crowded. And princess is the, it's a, for a half marathon course goes through the castle, which if you want to, we can talk about courses too. The half marathon course that goes through the castle is my least favorite half marathon course that Disney does. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. Because you spend a few, you spend five miles getting to the castle. You're in the lee in Magic Kingdom for about two miles. And then the rest of it is highway. And that's it. And it's a- that's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And that interstate coming back into Epcot on the back end, it's by the time the sun's beating down and it- it's not enough bang for your buck, in my opinion, in terms of running atmosphere. I'd rather be in the parks than on the freeway. <laughs> so that's another reason. I don't like the Princess Half Marathon course. Like a Star Wars, the Half Marathon and Wine and Dine, you run through Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. And that's way more fun. <laughs> what's, what's your experience been like signing up for the races? I feel like it's become a very stressful moment for people to sign up for these things. Uh, what's your experience like? Well, so in the past, I've been an annual pass holder. And annual pass holders and DVC members are allowed to sign up a week ahead of time. So I have always had a little bit less stress than I think the average runner. Because I knew if I didn't get the race I wanted right then, I would have another week and I could try again. So I had not as much stress about certain races using that extra week advantage. But I have always just made sure I am on that computer ready to go. You've got to be logged into your Disney Run Disney account. You've got to have your credit card ready and just know what you're signing up for and go. There's no time for debate. <laughs> no time to get through. <laughs> no time to second guess distances. You just got to sign up and go. And... Only once or twice have I had any issues getting the races I've wanted, but normally I've been able to then come back and get them later. They've opened up at a later date. I discovered last year that we booked our race weekend through a travel agent Mm -hmm. and they had blocks of registration set aside. And so if we booked our room through the travel agent, we got an automatic entry into whatever race we wanted. And that was happening like a couple of months to a month before the race is even opened. So that's another way. If you're like, I want to do this race. It's, it's the thing that I'm like, my vacation is going to center around it. They can sign you up as a part of a room package to get you the race, but it means you have to stay on property and pay the Disney fees and all that sort of stuff. Terry, you, you mentioned up front, you own a vacation property down there. So I'm assuming you don't stay on site very often when you're going down for the races. For the most part, but I'll say this. I only do that when my husband is coming with me because mm. I don't like parking and then going to run and then going back to find my car. If I'm coming solo for a race, I really have preferred to stay on property knowing I just feel a little bit more in the, in the bubble, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so I have done actually signed up for princess weekend through the run Disney travel agent. See, they have themselves and stayed at Port Orleans French quarter. That's my favorite on property hotel. It's nice and small. It's easy to get around. You're not having to ride a bus for half an hour through your resort. It's Mm -hmm. one bus stop and then you're there. So one thing we haven't touched on, probably the hardest part about race weekend that I would flag for people is unlike your local race where, you know, you might have an early start time of six or six 30 in the morning. Disney races start at, I think marathon weekend, the race was supposed to start at 5 a.m. It got delayed by a half hour to 5.30 because of some traffic issues they had. But the marathon was supposed to start at 5. All the other races start at 5.30 a.m. And Disney recommends that you be on a bus no later than I think it's 3 or 3.30 in the morning as the last bus to get to the start line. And that's, you know, that's an early, early race time, especially if you're doing it. One of the challenges, you got to do it two days in a row or four days in a row or three days in a row. So those races start early. I don't know, Tara, if, if you have found that to be difficult. I thought it was one of the more difficult parts of race weekend, to be perfectly honest. 
So I've had varying issues with the early start time. When I was first starting to run, I was so excited that no, I had no problem hopping out of bed and getting ready and going because it was still so new and so fresh and fun and nerves too, right? I had so much like anxiety, like, was I going to be able to finish? Was I going to be able to do it? And as that has decreased and the nerves have gone away, I've had a harder and harder time getting up out of the bed. (laughs) But I mean... Most people told me going into Dopey that the four early wake-up calls were the hardest part. And I went into that knowing that those days before, like the afternoons, especially after that half, and even maybe after the 10K, I needed to be resting and in bed as early as I could possibly make myself go to bed. And I that was my goal, was to go to sleep by like 7 o'clock at night. It's so hard to go all day and be out in those parks on your feet, riding rides and eating the Disney food, and then get up at 2 a.m. and race. That's, I think, a recipe for disaster. It's a good point that that you can't expect to have a normal park day. In fact, if you're you're a, a guest who unwittingly schedules your Disney trip over one of these race weekends, the pro tip is go to the parks in the late afternoon and early evening because the race weekend folks who are staying on property have all usually cleared out <laughs> because they're not sticking around for nighttime fireworks and those sorts of things are heading to bed early in the morning. But it's a good point. I have a quick question. Tara, what races does Alex, your husband, like to run with you? Up until marathon weekend, my husband has been a 5K only guy. He has been happy just to come along with the quick jogging because he's not a runner either. Never run. And I mean, he played the cross as he was younger, but not a runner. But he saw how much fun I was having, so he started doing the 5Ks. Then for Marathon Weekend, because it was just him and I, he was like, look, I can do that 10K. He's like, it's going to hurt, but I can do it, and I'm going to come with you. Awesome. Right. So that 10K at Marathon Weekend was the first time he'd ever run anything over six miles. And uh, I was proud of him. And I think now his goal is to run the Star Wars half next year. Oh, awesome. Well, it sounds like Run Disney is making a runner out of him. Well, it's so addictive in the way they do it because the characters on the course, the whole atmosphere, it is. It's just fun. And I've said that repeatedly after my first weekend was it just really is the most fun I've had as an adult. And it's just, you know, it's just a good, clean, fun adult time. And it's, You don't really find that so much, I think, anymore. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. I... I like, you know, I've said it before, My I love 10Ks as a distance, but my favorite race I've ever done now was the 10K at Marathon Weekend this year. It's I did not run nearly as fast a pace as I run in other 10Ks. Not that I'm that fast to begin with. I'm really not. But I ran much slower, but that was because I stopped to take pictures of characters and I stopped to take pictures of the World Showcase. And it was just a really fun atmosphere. And, and seeing a lot of people in costume was just really, it was really fun. And some of them were, you know, really funny costumes. Some of them were really clever. Some of them were just, you know, groups of people in coordinating costumes. You know, just all of that is it's, it makes the the running even more fun. Oh, and I think that's what got me really hooked was that those races aren't just you pounding pavement with your earbuds in. Like it's visually fun. It's visually different. You're getting to see people in costumes as you're running past. The stopping for characters is fun. And it's like a forced break. I mean, if you don't stop for characters, you don't have to, but like they're part of the big draw for me. So I love like, oh, I'm going to take a two minute break now and stand in line for a character. And that all just made me enjoy it. Yeah. It's that Disney magic. No, that's a good, it's a good point. Uh, you know, one thing I'd flag for folks considering a run Disney race, it's probably not the place to try to set a personal record because there's Definitely. so much going on on the course and around you. It's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun group of people. There's character stops. There's photo opportunities. You're running through the castle. You want to take it in. And so, you know, I know there are people who set PRs. I know there are serious runners who, you know, are up in the the, the front of the corrals, uh, the staging areas for the start line, who are there to just run these races as fast as they can. But my experience was to run Disney events for a time to sort of ease off, have some fun, and enjoy, enjoy the race. So let me step back and just say, I think we've missed one big piece of race weekend, which is the expo. 
Tara, what's your experience with the the expos? Uh, the expos been so I had never done a race before that first Princess Weekend, and so I will say that after my first Disney Expo, everything paled in comparison. <laughs> Every race I've ever done afterwards, I'm disappointed because the Disney Expo is so awesome, and it. For me, I have loved it. I love the uh, amount of running gear. I love the running clothes. I love the running turvises. I I love it all. And I usually come home with about a second suitcase full just of race gear. So you arrive at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. And it is a little overwhelming because they have the expo split into three buildings. One building is entirely Disney race merchandise. Those are the things with Disney characters on them. Those are the shirts for each race, things like that. Then there's a whole other building that is specifically only for picking up your bib. Then you go to a third building, which is sort of the outside vendors building which has the companies that come in and are selling their running gear, uh, but they're not necessarily official Disney merchandise. So if you ever don't run a Disney event, I always go to the Disney merchandise first because the lines are long. It takes a long time to get in, but once you're in, hit it hard and get out and do not go back. To step back and help people to orient, like, so the race expo you have to go to before you do your race to pick up your, your bib, the shirt you get with the race is at the race expo, and then they've got these other merchandise vendors, and it's held for every race weekend, I think, it's held at the ESPN Wide World of Sports, and you have to take a, a bus or an Uber or minivan over there, sign your waivers, pick up your your bibs and all that stuff before you can get to the start line. I, I would flag too, you have the ability when you register for the races to pre-order merchandise packages. If you're not getting to the expo on the first day or the second day, there are things that will sell out quickly. Annual pass holder related merchandise tends to go quickly. Pins tend to go quickly. Race jackets can go pretty quickly. And so if there's something you want and you definitely want it and it's going to make you upset not to get it, pre-order it and pick it up. I don't know what you think, Tara, but I think the Disney merchandise is pretty great from a race standpoint. Um, I do too. I really like a lot of it. I have a couple of things that I always get. Um, I always get the shoe ornament for the race weekend. I always get a magnet, even though I don't put them in my car. (laughs) They're (laughs) the washing machine. I sometimes we'll get clothing. I will say this, it depends on the race weekend. At Wine and Dine, I was not super impressed with a lot of the merchandise. I got my shoe ornament and that was about it. But then for Dopey weekend, I bought all the things because I knew I was never running Dopey again. So we talked a little bit about the expo now. Let's just kind of go through really fast the progression of the race. Start line is the first place to go. So we've talked about you got to get on these buses at an ungodly hour. They're going to drop you off in a nondescript parking lot at at Epcot. And you're going to get off the bus and walk to the start line. Tara, what's your experience with that then? So I'd say that's actually kind of there's two, two different experiences with the start line. For most of the shorter races, the start line is right next to the big staging area. In the staging area, they've got coffee, they've got bathrooms, lots of bathrooms. They've got water stations. They also have characters. They Every race always has four characters out in the morning that you can stand in line for before you even get started running. And those are quite popular. So if, if you want to do that, you got to get in line fast to do one or maybe more than one, depending on how much time you have. And then from there, the walk to the corral is super short. It's quick and easy, no problems, and then you're ready to go. However, for the fulls and for any of the halves that go through the castle, you end up having to walk almost three quarters of a mile to get to your corral. So I hate those start times. (laughs) Um, And so it's a big difference. It matters that before you've started running, you've already walked three quarters of a mile just to sit. And so it's a little, it's a little bit of a mental game to know you've got that coming to get, do the walk and then get there and sit down. And so it's a different start line experience for me. But once you get in the corrals, that's when the announcers kind of take over. And I have to say, I find them very entertaining. They have three standard announcers and they 
show videos on the screen. They usually will release a trailer to an upcoming Disney movie. They, they have entertainment in the corrals, it feels like. And that is a nice way to just distract you for the fact that you're sitting on the cold concrete for, you know, an hour before that race starts. Well, it's a good point. The characters are out there at the, at the sort of start line staging area. And typically the characters kind of associated with the race weekend. So if you're running a dopey, dopey's there for pictures, I think in the mm-hmm. morning. That's right. And then if you're running the half marathon, Donald's guaranteed to be there because he's kind of the race marshal for that one. So the lines for those characters do tend to be long, but if you get there early enough, it's actually a good way to spend your time to get that photo because the lines pre-race are long, the lines post-race are even longer. That's right. And so it's it's a good time to knock that character photo out. And by the way, you're not sweaty yet. So, so you look a little bit better. We'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other good call out is that I can't remember if race registration, I believe, comes with a photo pass. If you have an annual pass and you have your photo pass, you'll get your race photos. But I actually believe that the race weekend registration either comes with a photo pass, if not, definitely get the photo pass because all the character photos pre-race and post-race have photo pass photographers and all of the on-course characters also have photo pass uh, photographers. So it's a great way to, to get all those pictures uh, and all the race photos, even at the start and the finish line, you know, you're running across the finish line, those are photo pass. So you get them all just delivered to your Disney app. And it's, I think it's a great, a great way to get those race photos. And so uh, let's, let's just spend a minute talking about corrals. So the way Disney stages the start lines is the start line is that you're, you're put into a, a lettered corral going like a through, I think at marathon weekend, they might've gone up to H and it's based on your anticipated finish time. If you submitted a time at registration, if not, basically you just get stacked into corrals after that. So if you're in corral A, you will have submitted a qualifying runtime from another race that puts you at a pretty fast running pace. I normally can run a half marathon in under two hours, just under two hours. And so I think I submitted a, a time for that and was put into corral D and, but if you don't submit a start time or an anticipated finish time, you get kind of put into the back of the line and those corrals are big. The, so I don't care if you want to talk about kind of your experience with the corrals a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my first few races, I did not have proof of times cause I was not a runner. I'd never run before. So I certainly had never run a race. So I was always though able to get usually assigned to around corral F is usually the corral that starts to be the fastest runners that don't have proof of times. And though I had no problem really with the timing. And I guess this is something we can also mention is that Disney is run. Disney is famous for balloon ladies chasing you. Uh, (laughs) They are the timers to cut you off. If you have started to inch towards that 16 minute mile kind of marker, but if the balloon ladies pass you on the course, that gives Run Disney the clue that they can pull you from the course and take you to the finish line. So my whole issue with being in Corral F was I was very concerned about the balloon ladies and whether or not they were going to catch me. However, being the farther up in the corrals are, the better chance you have of not seeing the balloon ladies because they are the dead last starters. The farther back you are in the corral, you start to have to make some decisions. If you are in, I would say, F, G, or H, you've really got to start to weigh out, okay, if I want to finish and not get caught by the balloon ladies, I maybe can only stop for two characters the whole race. And you kind of got to start to judge, is that worth it? Who's it going to be? And decide for yourself, kind of, are you willing to risk it? And most of the races, I've had no problems. I've been able to stop for not everybody, but for who I've wanted the characters to stop for or the pictures I've wanted. I will say, though, there was a race. I believe it was Wine and Dine last year, the 10K. I was in a fine corral. It wasn't great, but it was fine. I stopped for maybe two characters, but because Wine and Dine is a smaller race weekend, I was not prepared when Balloon Ladies started to get close in Epcot and I was really caught off guard. So I was like, wait, I've done everything I normally do, but wine and dine is such a smaller race weekend. There are less runners, so less buffer. And uh, I had to sprint it that last mile through Epcot, but I was okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dreaded balloon ladies are, they are legend in run Disney lore for, for everyone out there. I think 
Terry, you did a good job of explaining them, but it's, it is literally just a line of women. I think they wear even pink shirts, but they're carrying balloons. And if you get, if they catch up to you, you are put on a bus, it's game over. I think there's a good point there to be made about stopping for characters. On the 10K course, I actually wasn't really able to stop for the characters because the lines were so long at Marathon Weekend. So what I would do is I would just kind of slow down, turn around, and take a quick selfie with the character in the background while they were taking pictures with other people, right? So like, you didn't, it wasn't me with the character. It was me with the character kind of in the background. Yeah, and I, I would say I had the, I had the opposite experience experience in the marathon, I was able to stop for, and I did stop uh, for, I think, every character. And the lines there were maybe 10 or 12 people, but the photo pass photographer is like moving people through just super fast. The, the characters are a good point to stop on, though, because I think it's helpful for people to know that one of the big benefits of running a run Disney race is, you know, some races outside of Disney will do on-course entertainment, like a band or something. And Disney has definitely that. They have music, they have like video screen set up playing cartoons and things like that throughout the course. But the, one of the big draws is they have these characters out on the course and they're not the standard characters. Always. A lot of times they're sort of rare characters or the regular characters dressed up in costumes that you don't normally see them in. Tara, I don't know if you had any favorite on course character sightings that, that, that you had. Oh man. Okay. That is a tough one because through I me, mean- through the races, I definitely have seen a lot of characters. I think I get the most excited or would call it my favorite is when they mash up certain characters from different movies, because you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs> For example, oh, I'm, I'm going to th- say it's wine and dine, but it may have been a different one. They had all the, not all, but several villains that were rare. They had the villain from Hunchback of Notre Dame with Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog and like two others that are escaped the Jafar and at least one other villain all together. And so you took one photo with all four of the villains. And I thought that was super cool. All right. So we finished the race. Let's talk about the finish line atmosphere. Tara, what's your experience been there? So you finish the race, you get shooted into this smaller little area where you get your medals and they give you water and Powerade and there's a medical tent had to use that once or twice, but always like everything is right there and they quickly help you. And you really almost feel very taken care of after you've crossed the finish line. You know, they're like, Oh, what can we get you? If it's cold, they'll give you a Mylar blanket. If it's hot, they tend to give you the cooling towels. They get you your medal. They, there's areas to take photos with your medal and they've got the race photographers there too. However, at that point you can re-enter the staging area and take pictures with characters or you can stick around. They've got vendors who sell food, beer. And I know people do that. I never stick around. <laughs> I get my medal. I change my shoes and get on my UFOs flip-flops and I pretty much want to go home. I want to take a shower. I want to sit down and I don't want to move for a while. So I don't tend to like hang out or want to use up the staging area. I normally am like, let's go home as fast as possible. It's, it's a good point. It's hard to have a compelling race expo in the middle of Walt Disney World. There, there's so much going on around. Like, my, I want to get out of the race expo so I can go get cleaned up and maybe go have lunch or get into Epcot and get a drink or, you know, something like that. So, oh, right. you know, sure. yeah, there's such a, there's such a already festival atmosphere surrounding the festival. I'll say the one, the one tip that I got out of the festival was to go back to the merchandise point. If there was something that you wanted from a merchandise standpoint that you didn't pre-order, Apparently, the best time to get it is not at the expo if it's gone. It's at the finish line for the marathon. Because anyone who didn't pick up their merchandise at the expo, that merchandise goes back out on the floor for sale after the marathon. So, Right. And um, Brian's talking about the pre-ordered stuff. If somebody pre-ordered something and then didn't come uh, or didn't pick up their, just didn't pick up their merchandise, then they sell that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I know Sam's... I know Sam's favorite part of the post was was the food. So Sam, do you want to talk about the little food box that they give you in your favorite part of race weekend? Yeah, they give you these little food boxes and they have like some, you know, like crunchy almond cluster type things. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the chips and the nacho cheese. And I'm talking about that really artificial, like the stuff you get at 7-Eleven, that pump kind of nacho cheese. They give you a little 
baggie with the little thing of the pump cheese. And I know it sounds really weird, but you really, you've just, a lot of salt has just come out of your body from the run, right? So, cause all that sweat. And so you want to replenish that salt and there's nothing, it's, it sounds strange, especially for like the 10 K cause it's still pretty early in the morning when you finish, but early in the morning, that's what I wanted was the, those, those tortilla chips and that pump cheese. It was delicious. Oh no, hands down. Uh, I first, my first race, I remember getting that and being like, Oh, I don't want to eat this right now. It's 9am. Oh yeah. No, you take one bite and the saltiness just hits and you're like, Oh yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I need right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, and the other thing to be found at the finish line is the, the metal. And I think we should just stop for a second and say, I think some Disney's medals are some of the best I've ever seen. I will say I have mixed feelings about the medals and not, not overall. Some medals are awesome. I love my marathon medal from two years ago. I love my dopey medal from this year. And I mean, there's some medals, gosh, two years ago, the 10 K medal was fantastic for princess. There are, I think sometimes some issues when Disney tries to make faces into metal and they look really weird. Something about the the animation face of a princess, when you try to put it into metal, it just doesn't look right. So the other thing to talk about with medals is, so I, for folks who run other races and you get medals, you know, you get the medal, you might put it on for a photo and then you're at your car and you put it away. But at Disney, everyone wears the medals into the parks for the races that they finish and they get photos in front of the castle and all of that stuff. And cast members will also generally spot you with your medal and, you know, say, great job, you know, way to go, that sort of thing. So you get to wear the medal for the weekend or for at least a day, depending. I don't know, Tara, if you wore your dopey medals into the parks after you ran the race or not, but or if you have any thoughts there. Could I have taken that off by now? <laughs> <laughs> You're still wearing it months later. Well, well you know what? I think I'm crazy. Sounds perfectly normal. Yes, I 100% take my medal and I wear it in the parks. I like to wear them on rides that take photos. <laughs> uh, in particular, I really like to wear them on Space Mountain because I know exactly where the camera is. And so I like hold it up on the Space Mountain camera. Oh, nice. Several race weekend photos like that. It's me and my medal, Space Mountain. And I like to go take them in front of the castle and the cast members you know, they have ideas of like, oh, I've seen where they hold your medal like this. And they've taken some really cool photos. So yes, I, I love wearing my medal. So one other aspect of race weekend, we should just touch on quickly. And Tara, I know you haven't been on the cruise line yet. So Sam and I'll just touch on this quickly is that there is for marathon weekend, a cruise associated with marathon weekend. And on that cruise, Disney normally offers a 5k race on Castaway Key for any sailing that stops there. But on those sailings, when you run the race, you, you sort of, it's it's kind of a free-for-all kind of race and they give out kind of a rubber medal and it's fun. It's fun. We, we've done it a couple of times. I would definitely do it again. It's a fun fun way to cap off a cruise to, to run that race, especially if, after all the eating you do aboard a cruise ship. But for Marathon Weekend, they actually host uh, a Castaway Key 5K challenge associated with the Marathon Weekend race. So if you run any race over Marathon Weekend of any distance, and then you take the cruise, uh, you get signed up for a special 5K on Castaway Key. And they actually bring the Run Disney folks along. They set up a start line that's uh, very similar to the start line at a uh, regular Run Disney event, minus the fireworks. We did forget to mention that the start at Marathon Weekend or any race weekend is every every corral that goes through the start line of the race gets fireworks at the start line, which is amazing, by the way. But on the cruise line, you get off the ship early, very early, as is typical with any sort of run, run Disney race. You head to the start line and you run your 5K. And at the end, you get a legitimate medal. They have character stops along the way. And the 5K is emphasized on the cruise. I thought I would flag that. So so Tara, is there anything about Run Disney that you feel like we've missed that you want to let people know about before we move on to our rapid fire round? Well, I think what we one thing we've missed is talking about the kids' races. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and they are alongside going on simultaneously with the normal large races is that they have everything from a diaper dash all the way up to a kid's one mile run. And those all take place over back at the ESPN Wide World of Sports near the Expo. And they tend to be on like Friday or Saturday of the race weekend. And my kids have now run that twice. 
They awesome. Ran, yeah, they ran it for Wine and Dine last year and for Marathon Weekend two years ago when I still let them come with me on race weekends. <laughs> and they they really enjoy it. Minnie or Mickey are waiting at the finish line and they get kind of a rubber medal similar to the Castaway Key medal. But my kids like it. They feel like they're a part of race weekend with, with us, like that we all come home with medals that weekend. So it's very casual. It's very inexpensive. Like I want to say it's $20 for a kid's entry in which you get a t-shirt and the rubber metal. And I feel like that's pretty much worth 20 bucks. Well, let's, let's move on to our rapid fire questions. So these, Tara, these questions are just your favorites around some different Disney items. And we've, I've thrown in a few run Disney items as well. And so answer them however you want. There's no score, there's no winners and there's no losers. So it's just, uh, just a set of questions for you. Competitive nature, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So favorite Disney park? I gotta say Epcot. It's a good one. Do you have a favorite land across any of the Disney parks? I may have to say Pandora. If that's only talking about lands, I would say Pandora and Animal Kingdom. If we're talking about overall park, I would say Epcot. Favorite classic ride or attraction? Space Mountain. Favorite modern ride or attraction? Flight of Passage uh, at Animal Kingdom. Favorite Disney snack? So at Epcot, there is an ice cream little shop back in the French Pavilion, and they sell essentially an ice cream sandwich, which is a brioche bun that they open up. You pick the ice cream on the inside, and then they close it and heat it and toast it. And it's this warm, gooey brioche bun with this fantastic French ice cream in the middle. And it's to die for. That's my favorite. Wow. I'm like creating a list from our guests of all the things that I have not yet eaten at Disney. That'll be (laughs) fine. Next time we go. Um, Favorite Disney quick service restaurant? Oh, oh, that's really hard. Uh, Quick service, you know, one that we tend to, you know, okay, I know. It's Santuli's Canteen. Uh, yes, I love their protein bowls and I love their little blue pod dessert thing. And my kid loves the cheeseburger pods. So I think that is my favorite quick service. That's such a good, that's one. a good one. It's a popular one for sure. Favorite Disney sit down restaurant. My fa- and I will say, actually, this is maybe my favorite restaurant period is California grill on top of the contemporary. Yeah. They have the most amazing brunch called Top of the World, and it's only on Sundays. And it's actually what I really like to go do after the half marathon at race weekends is because it's over in time to shower and get to it. And it's bottomless mimosas and just fantastic food. It's, yeah, California Grill is my favorite restaurant, period. Um, We'll we'll have to do brunch there. We've done dinner there, but not brunch. Favorite Disney drink? I'm a champagne girl, so and usually I will drink whatever is offering bubbly. I will say that there's a little place, this is why I like Epcot, in the Italian pavilion that's called the Wine Cellar. It's not as big as their other restaurants, and they've got this little nook with couches, and you can order flights of wines and some and flights of cheeses too. And it is my husband's and my favorite place to just sort of duck in when it's hot and sit on the couch and drink a little wine before continuing along our way. And so I'd say my favorite Disney drink is the sparkling wine flight from wine cellar. Nice. Favorite Disney resort. So I have two, I'll say my favorite resort to stay at is Port Orleans French quarter, just because of the size of it. My favorite resort to spend time at is the Polynesian. Mm. I love the vibe there. I love the music. I like the scenery. I like I've, when we have stayed there, I love the rooms. But I also really like the bar that's in there called Trader Sam's. When people order certain drinks, certain animatronics and things happen inside the bar. So oh, fun. It's like a show the whole time. If you order a Mai Tai, then the windows turn dark and black and it's like you're in a hurricane. It's it's just a very fun, a different experience. And I always have a good time when I go there because 
it's tropical and fruity and, you know, Polynesian themed, obviously, but it's also just a really kind of fun atmosphere. All right, let's shift to Run Disney. Just a couple of quick uh, rapid fires on Run Disney. All right, when you're running, are you rocking Disney music or are you rocking out to your own music? I listen to my own music, but there's quite a lot of Disney songs kind of here and there on my playlists. Are you rocking a costume or are you just wearing your running gear? I am usually wearing a costume. However, it tends to be running gear morphed costumes. Like one, my favorite costume was when I was Snow White, but it was if Snow White were running running clothes, wearing running clothes, Uh, Mm -hmm. like yellow shorts and a blue running shirt that I, you know, bedazzled to be more Snow White like. Yeah, it's like more like Disney bounding than a costume. Exactly. That's, That's a very good way to put it. It's a Disney bound running outfit. Okay. Favorite Disney souvenir? Favorite? Oh, wow. that That's a really hard one. I actually really like Disney art. So I've got quite a few pieces of Disney art framed in our house that I just sort of, I like to pick them up while we're at the parks. My favorite one right now, I would say, is that last year I was able to go to Club 33 at Disneyland. Oh. And so I bought the Club 33 art print. And so it feels exclusive as well as cool. Favorite Run Disney race medal? Hmm. I will say my first Princess Weekend 10K medal. Only, well, for two reasons. One, it just was so special to achieve it because I'd never run that far ever. But two, it spins. And I like the spinning. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like about my Castaway Key one. It spins. um, It was Merida from Brave themed. And so it's got a lot of of Celtic Scottish design to it. It's just a cool medal. It's a cool medal. Fun. All right. Last one. Uh, Favorite character you've met on course? On course, favorite character. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, I would say I think my favorite like singular character that I met on course maybe was Bowler Hat Guy from Meet the Robinsons <laughs> uh, because it's so rare. So, Tara, it's been super fun having you on to talk Run Disney. It's one of our big passions. Are there ways that folks can connect with you? I know you mentioned you had a vacation rental, and so I don't know if you want to plug that here too. Yeah, sure. Well, so our website for our vacation rental, uh, it's called The Turquoise Palms. So the website is just www.theturquoisepalms.com. But we also do have a um, Instagram page called glam underscore Disney underscore vacay. Because I tend to like more glammy Disney vacay. So that's our Instagram. So uh, you can follow us on there. I post obviously a lot about Disney land, Disney world, Disneyland Paris type things, especially a lot of run Disney on there too. And, And then, yeah, check out our vacation rental where just about, five to 10 minutes from Disney and it's a fun place, fun place to stay. And you have a Harry Potter themed room in the vacation home I saw. And I am a huge Harry Potter fan. So I think it was, it's super cool. The pictures look really amazing. It is my favorite room because it's fairly uh, in depth and, and intricately designed. But so yes, our Harry Potter room is very popular. (laughs) 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 well tara great having you on thanks for taking the time we really enjoyed talking with you this evening oh thanks thank you for having me it was fun well it was a lot of fun having tara on the show this week to talk about all things run disney we love run disney because it combines just the whimsy and the fun of being at disney with uh, one of our passions which is running so a lot of fun talking to tara Uh, speaking of run disney we did want to do a quick reminder about the quarantine key 5k that's a virtual 5k race that we're co-sponsoring over memorial day weekend along with some other great disney podcasts including the dcl podcast disney deciphered rope drop radio podcast stardust and the mouse gen vlog and so some great podcasts and vlogs sponsoring that virtual 5k event you can participate pretty easily there's no sign up required just run, walk, crawl the event or sit in a lawn chair for the length of time you think it will take you to run a 5k. Post a picture of yourself doing it up on social media. If you post it onto our Facebook page or post it on Twitter, Instagram, and tag us, and then also use the hashtag quarantine key 5k, 
we're going to enter you into a drawing to win a little something from the DCL duo for uh, participating in the 5k event. So it's a great event. You can also head over to dclduo.com. And in our shop, we have a quarantine key 5k souvenir t-shirt right now. And you can get that in a bunch of different colors. All of the proceeds from the t-shirt sales are going to go to Give Kids the World, which is just a fabulous charity. If you haven't heard of them, please go check them out. The DCL Duo podcast is going to match those profits up to $500 uh, toward a donation to Give Kids the World. So uh, one quick note is that the uh, folks who are producing that t-shirt are a little bit behind due to COVID-19. So you may not get the t-shirt in time for the actual race, but it'll make a great souvenir nonetheless. And it's supporting a really great cause with Give Kids the World. I also wanted to do a quick reminder that we're doing a giveaway this month for folks who leave five-star reviews for us over on Apple Podcasts. So if you leave us a review by the end of the month, we'll enter you into a drawing to win uh, a prize. And the prize that we're going to give away this week is a copy, or sorry, this month is a copy of the unofficial guide to Disneyland. And that's in honor of the fact that we have an upcoming guest, Seth Kaberski, who is the co-author of the unofficial Disneyland guide. We're super excited to have Seth on the show. He was a great guest. We actually recorded his show over the weekend. It was a lot of fun, a lot of great tips. And um, yeah, so leave us a five-star review. And at the end of May, uh, we will draw those reviews and we'll announce in our first episode in June who won and get them out a copy of the unofficial guide. So great prize, we think, and uh, well worth leaving us a five-star review if you like the podcast. Uh, we Speaking of reviews, we wanted to read uh, our latest five-star review on the air. It comes from Mom on the Go-Go. She writes, great Disney podcast. I'm loving your podcast, double exclamation point. Well, short and sweet, and we appreciate it. Uh, it keeps us motivated to keep producing the podcast. So thanks for the review. And Mom on the Go-Go will be entered to win a copy of the unofficial guide, uh, along with a little bit of DCL Duo swag. So uh, with that, we really appreciate all of you listening to the show this week. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making the podcast more visible. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with the Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.